0: Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Five eight zero five four three six five eight zero KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial If you prefer email, you know it's it, it's amazing to me how we go through these machinations every time the market has an absolutely certain to occur over and over again all the days of our life. Market correction, amazing. We go absolutely crazy with it. We decide that, in fact, something's really terribly wrong, that the market can't possibly be figuring it out, and stocks have to keep declining. And we do it every time. And even on supposed Wall Street experts, right? They follow whatever trend there is. They are professionals at pretending. To have been on the trend all along. I mean, to the point that it's completely 100% worthless. It truly is. There's very few people that have any real insight at all, at all on what is going on with the market day to day. None. None. It's incredible. And so, when I mean this, I'm not just putting people down. I'm putting all of us down for looking at this and asking the question, well, what do you think about the market? Uh, like, well, what's wrong with that question? Everything is wrong with that question. I think the market reflects all the information that it collectively thinks about the future, period. End of story. Always. Always. And yet what happens is that the market say, goes down after starting off the year, everybody's like crazy, like the market's really going to be terrible in 2023, and stock prices are still too high because why? Because the market's been going, going down. And all the stocks we love, Google, Apple, you know, Netflix, all these others uh, they're, 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 just, they're still too high, they're still too high. Anyway, they made everybody rich, but now they're still too high. Why? Because they went down and went down more than the market. So what we're really doing is commenting on what happened. Acting like it's what's going to happen, and we were on top of that before. It's a completely made up narrative. Oh, okay. So Google, Amazon, and Apple are all down 25 to 40, 50% last year. Okay. So I know. Let's talk about how the prices were so high, too high, as if we didn't own them. You know, our firm, us <laughs> here at J.B. Morgan, we didn't own them. We didn't own that. No.
1: Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm.
0: We were not talking up how these companies dominate their markets. We weren't talking uh, talking up how you just have to own them. No, we weren't doing that. We're not talking about how they have to continue to go down. So after they reflect, let's say, a 50% decline, we are going to talk about how they are overpriced as if the market didn't just correct that, which you were not on top of. And we do that, though, too. But we listen to people who agree with us and define that as getting our own information. Hmm. So what is inflation going to do? I don't know. Well, let's listen to the Fed. No, wait a minute. They've been they were wrong and they're the ones. Let's listen to Joe Schmo with Goldman Sachs, because he agrees with me. And Joe Schmo has been wrong. Because knowing what the future is is a an endless pursuit in I call it dumb. What's the right word I'm looking for here? It's pointless. It's not doable. But we do it. Now, we can't help it as humans to try to predict things. This is just what we do. It's red or it's black. I know number 27 is coming on the wheel next. There it is. Look at me. Super smart. Or it's a 1 in 36 percentage. Oh, 38. Forgot the, the double zero. Um, chance that I'm going to be right. And once in a while you're right, it's luck. We define it as the more we can buy buy into it, learn more about it. We can read more about typically people that already agree with our position to solidify the fact that it'll never change my mind. It's most certainly true in politics, most certainly true. But we do this all the time in everything and finances is pointless. And listening to Wall Street, is just the most amazing thing to me ever. constantly, well, let's go and talk to, you know, Joe Schmo. I don't want to be specific. These guys are never right. I mean, they are literally never right. They're only parroting what has already happened. In such a way that the perception is, without actually saying so, we've been right all along. When we've been dead wrong, because all we do is talk about the trend. What happened? Because that's all we can know. And then we can talk about the Fed, because it defines everything in the whole wide world. The Fed is responsible for climate change. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, but it's true. And and happiness, the Fed. The Fed is that. The outbreak in depression, particularly amongst young people, the Fed did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Fed. Everything is the Fed. And we can understand, okay, so P.E. ratios and all the other things that we talk about, babble about, are important relative to where interest rates are. But seriously, The Fed has been dead wrong about inflation, and that's all they do. That's all they're supposed to do is figure out interest rates, set interest rates. That's it. That's all they're supposed to do. And we all know, I've talked about this endlessly, that they predicted at the beginning of 2022 three quarter of a point interest rate increases for the whole year, three of them. Three. How'd that go? Well, they had three by March. Point seven five, maybe more. They had the equivalent of nineteen quarter of a point increases. Not three. So far off. You wouldn't even. You, you, you would. This is not an F. It's an incomplete. It's it, they didn't even try. That's how bad they did. Now, do I blame them? Of course, I do blame them because they kept kept. Pumping more money into the system when it was obvious that we were going to have inflation. It's obvious to everybody except the transient inflation people. That pushing out such money supply at a literally this is such an overused word, right? It's overused all the time to say unprecedented. So here we go again. I know it's like existential. It's, the existential threat is the Fed, right? I mean, it's like the world is ending for whatever reason I want to exaggerate about. But the Fed is in charge of this, and they blew it. Why would I think that they're going to nail it this year? Not because they're dumb, because just like everyone else, they can't predict the future. And they did an experiment. They thought they could improve it, predict it. They thought they could control it. They thought they could control it and and just go ahead and pump more money into the system. And what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Just play with the whole thing. We got a whole new thing out there, modern monetary theory. It's all good. So the Fed plays and plays and plays and plays and plays and plays. Kind of like, we're not wrong. Then one day, it's like, Man, we are so wrong. They admit it. Off we go. Rates skyrocket. We're going to have a stop landing. No, the Fed's out in front. We're going to have inflation. No. We're going to, we're, inflation isn't tamed. Because you have 9% inflation at the peak, and now it's only 6 is not inflation at 2%. It's still inflating over ridiculously high prices even with the tailwind of a spike in energy cost, which of course is gonna subside to some level, we still have 6% inflation. That's a real number, that's a big number. So if we had nine and we have six, we now have 15. We don't have, like as Joe says in the administration, we don't have less inflation, we have a lower inflation than we did a year ago. That doesn't mean prices are retreating. It means they're, they're exaggerated higher, but by a lesser degree. Oh, goody, goody, that's so good. Instead of getting a, a 30 on our paper, we got a 31. And that is just such an improvement, isn't it? We're barely failing now. No, it's not good. And I know that their job is to spin crazy stuff into things are really good, just don't really watch. I get that. But here's the thing. When we go through this and we see all these people talking about and having to predict inflation, it leaves us with this feeling that that's the key to the market is predicting it, predicting what the economy would do. And we're going to keep talking about this. I do have to take a break. We're going to keep talking about this today and the weeks ahead because it is so important for us to set our mind correctly about investing or we're always asking the wrong questions all the time, irrelevant. Let me chase my tail. That's what I want to do. I just want to chase my tail. It's so irrelevant and fun. It's not. It drives us crazy and we ask the wrong questions all of the time. What's the economy going to do? Even if you nailed the economy, you nailed interest rates, some aspect of the economy, you still can't predict what the market will do. If you knew all the bad stuff that was going to happen in 2020, it would not have led you to predict that the market would do okay. Would it? Of course it wouldn't. It doesn't. So we keep asking the wrong questions, position our portfolios wrong, or trade them because, man, we know it's going to happen. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. And things couldn't be better for our long-term certainty of getting to draw 4 or 5% of our income for life than they've been in 15 years. That's where we really are even if it doesn't feel like it. we got to take a quick break. It's 580-KIDO. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at net. Talking about trying to predict the markets and what a silly game that is. It's not just silly from a standpoint of, oh, isn't aren't they being silly over there? It affects us. It does. Sitting around and reading about how inflation isn't going to go away and the market's this and the market's that misses the point completely. Yes. Okay. Let's assume for, like, a second that whoever it is you think is the great guru on the future of the economy has been right, okay? Don't get me wrong. I have people that I read constantly, okay? But you know what I always know? And you know why I like them particularly well? Is because they have the humility to go, we don't know. We don't know what stock prices are gonna do. Here's our, our childish prediction of what's gonna happen. Because based on our factor, this is it, it's a not a market timing decision, those kinds of things. That's a that's a humble opinion, okay? That's a person doing their job, is pointing out what's going on in the economy. Therefore. And not this lean in towards, we're pretty sure because this happened and that happened, that interest rates are going to be here and inflation is going to be there. It might be a statement like, we don't know. But our feeling right now is, in fact, that inflation isn't under control. We think it's going to be more stubborn than the Fed is indicating, and certainly that the market participants are showing right now in their belief, at least their discussions. But here is the bottom line of what we miss. None of that matters. Because prices are already moving to where they think we are going, not where we've been. So what we know is where we've been. What we don't know is where we're going. Can't know. Often very wrong. Completely backwards. And in our own minds, it doesn't seem to matter, because even when we're completely backwards, it's okay. Because somehow things work out, and they're kind of okay. So we really, in a way, think we're better than we are at predicting the impossible, the future. Totally impossible to predict. Even when you nail certain things, you don't nail what prices are going to do, because we forget. Always forget that prices reflect where everybody thinks we're going, not where we've been. All right, you hear the music. We're back after Fox News. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. And, of course, these are my opinions and my opinions only. They're not the station or anybody else's, and they're not here to tell you what to buy, 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 and sell, sell, sell. We're not going to do that. We're the anti-that. We're here to try to help you psychologically, not pretend that we can game the future, that we know what to buy, 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 or sell, sell, sell. Or, oh, it's just entertainment. No, it's not. It's noise. Noise is not entertainment. Noise is noisy. It messes up the brain. Why do you think they torture people by they play loud music so they can't sleep, so their brain can't rest? So we go, buy this, sell that, do that, ooh, it's race, this, that, fed, this, this, all this data, 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 data. Oh, well, I like it. It's okay. It's, I'm above that. No, you're not.
1: No,
0: you are not. None of us are. Some are more capable than others to handle the input. However, they're wired, experience, all the other things. Wiring meaning, do I really think I'm going to gain an edge by diving deeper into the Internet of doom and gloom? Do I? Do I I really think that? I'm going to get more insight. Am I really reading the things that are just in agreement with me? Probably. And so we keep talking about the basics, and we keep that in front of us. Me. Doing this program is not about teaching you. It might be part of that. But who learns the most? Me. It's constant reminders for me of what this is about. It's about our behavior. Pretty much, period. That's it. If you behave well, then you do well. I I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I hear all the time, well, what do you think about the market? I think the market reflects all known information. How about you? and predicted information. What do you think? What does that mean? Uh, I'm really sorry I asked that question. No, I'm not trying to make people feel bad. I'm trying to make it so that we become more humble about the thought process, not just me, all of us. Why are we trying to predict the future when this is so easy right in front of us? Why do we drive ourselves crazy? And I want to share a story because this this person who told me this story uh just this week spent some time a, a tremendous amount of time with his w- wife and I was reminded of this story, and I knew that it really kind of sort of came from her because she gave him such peace in his life and it was the kind of thing that is really important for all of us to reflect on right see for me i i I have this problem i i I have a problem with being right. I, I I I like to be right. I want I want to prove I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. And I and I recognize I'm not always right. And I don't need to always be right. I don't. But it's a constant battle. Well, his constant battle was control, controlling everything, making the decisions about everything in his life and i mean to tell you he was a doctor expert marksman i he was i'm and, and he was a country doctor by the way i mean you know so he he birthed uh, cattle babies did surgeries <laughs> he did it all did it all cuz there there wasn't a hospital there he did it all Really interesting guy. Tried to trade a commodities and, you know, was going to be in charge of his investments. And one day his dear wife, and, and she is a dear lady, dear, very dear to me, and had suggested we meet and maybe quit hanging on to this. And then a few years rolled by. We're playing golf. And he turns to me, stops the golf cart, and he says, this story is not about you. But I'm going to tell you something that I've learned over my 80 years, probably 75 at that time, over my 75 years. I always tried to hang on to things and have a right answer and cling to them. And I carried this weight around with me, the weight of getting all this stuff right, which I can't get right. I'm not even very good at it at all. and I handed it over to you on the financial side. Not because I think you are gonna get the future that you're gonna know everything we should do just perfectly, but I'm worn out. I was worn out trying to figure everything out. And at that moment, and this is probably 15 years ago now, at least 12. Boy, did I understand what we do and what is important in my life to let go of and what is important to try to get across to people. You can't own all of what the future is going to do because you don't know any of it. I'm not here to make fun of the Fed. I'm here to point out the fact that they're dead wrong. And this is all they do, and they're supposed to be the smartest people about the economy and knowing what interest rates are going to do, knowing about inflation. They, not, they didn't miss it, you know, by, by some. They missed it by a magnitude not even imaginable. Not even imaginable. So did all of Wall Street. All of them. And they said, well, some people didn't think it was, inflation was transparent. You're right. But nobody said interest rates were going to go that high because they believed the Fed when they said they wouldn't raise rates that much until the Fed hit panic button, panic mode. We all have things that we, we, we cling to that we have to try to get right. That we, we, we put this enormous amount of strain and weight on our own backs. (sighs) Sometimes it's just best to let go. And yeah, if you will, for a moment, just let go and know that you're not God. You're not. You don't know what's coming. And that's true of everything. But when it comes to investing, we overreact. We overthink. We, we spend so much time with with silliness. I mean, truly silliness. Crazy. Like... I, I'm wound up about what the market's going to do and what inflation's going to do and what should I do with my portfolio because I want to retire in a year. And if I don't, if it, if it, if it doesn't do what I think it's going to do or, or what it's going to do, I, I need to panic right now. Should I put it all in CD? Should I do this? I mean, what should I do? The same thing you've been doing and let things happen. You can't know. Could it go down another year? Sure. Well, what if it didn't and you put, moved it out and then you chased stocks at a higher price level only to find that then it was time for another correction? But, you know, uh, but but if the market starts better and the economy is better, wouldn't it? No, it doesn't. It reflects what everybody collectively thinks about the future. It's already in the prices. We just can't wrap our minds around that. It's super hard. I know. It's super hard. I know what the market's going to do. You know why I think the market's going to be bad on Monday? Because it's bad this week. That's why. That's the only reason why. We follow the trend. We follow the trend. You know, when stocks were going up in January, what did what did we all say, right? Well, you know, and we, and then we go back and we figure out the reason why. Oh, because everybody says inflation is going under control. What numbers said that? None. It was just this collective babble, of, of literally made up garbage. It's like listening to three year olds do blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. Or, or or a six-year-old, okay, so you be the bad monkey, and I'm going to be the flying tiger, and they may make up stuff. This is just unbelievable. That's fun babble with kids and grandkids, isn't it? That, that's fun to listen to. But that's the babble that we think has meaning. And it creates us in us this thought that we're figuring stuff out. I mean, I think about this when I look at just the market generally, okay? I look at the market generally, and I just say, well, what, what, yeah, what's, what's going to happen? Let's just say, and I, I talk about this all the time, right? But what's it going to do in the next 12 months? Because we arbitrarily say, well, 2023, what's it going to do in 2023? Because that's a really super important thing. Is that 12-month period between January and December 31st, it doesn't really matter the 12-month period, say, from July 15th to July 15th. It, that, that doesn't matter at all. Over the next 12 months, what do we think the market's going to do? Who cares? And when we all sit around like Wall Street does all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so P.E. ratios are too high. Why? Because somebody draws a 16.5 per, times P.E. ratio across the chart, and find, we find that really basically about seven trading days over the last 25 years are anywhere near that number. Why would I base anything? Why would I even talk about it? Why? Because Wall Street doesn't know what the future is, but it pays well to babble. It does. It it just pays well. I mean, you get to fly first class, you get to get a nice pension, and you sound smart, and people ask you questions, and it's really groovy. And you babble about nothing. In fact, honestly, this is a true story. When they're asked about it, like, But this is only like five trading days or whatever it is, right? Oh, yeah, well, this because, uh, you know, uh, we think earnings are 10% too high. Oh, good. That's great. Okay. So, okay, once again, why? By the way, last time I heard that babble, um, prices were going to come down at least another 10%. That was mid-year last year. And, of course, they're higher than they were then, quite a bit higher. Nobody can predict the future, and you certainly can't with a spreadsheet. But what I always come back to is this. Markets don't do normal. Wall Street does normal. It sits around and talks. I mean, probably the master of being wrong all the time, but getting your face on TV, has got to be, well, there's two of them, Jim Cramer and El Arian. Mohammed El-Aryan is just an absolute master of that, of saying nothing. And when it kind of slips out, well, we're kind of bearish, we're kind of bullish, we go the other way. At at any rate, masters of it, masters of Babel. As we look at it, though, Wall Street generally doesn't like to make big bets. Like, the market's going to go up a lot this year or the market's going to go down this year. They're, they're always like running their PE ratios and all those things and earnings times PE, the average, blah, blah. So the market will go up. They say it every year, a high single digits, you know, mid to high single digits. They say it every single year collectively. Okay. That's what they say. And the market almost never does that. Literally, as we look back clear to 1926, 1926, nearly 100 years now. Do you know, because I've talked about this before, right? So all of you out there, ready, collectively, what is the average return on the stock market for your whole life? For your kid's life? Your dad, your grandparents, any long period of time, you're right, it's 10. It's 10 10%. So if you give it 2% on either side, like 8% to 12%, that's a pretty big range. Are you ready? Six times. Six times. Since 1926. Has it done that? 96 years. Six times has it actually been anywhere near its average? But what do we quote it all the time? Average. Well, the average market price is 10%, a completely irrelevant number. The average price-earnings ratio, 16.5, absolutely irrelevant. Growth stocks outperform value, value outperforms growth, blah, 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 blah. And in these kinds of times, the spreadsheet shows, you should be owning consumer durables. And then the trading rules are you switch over to this. And then we draw lines and, and have head and shoulder things. We do condors on options. Bizarre. And then people like John Templeton, who was that? Who's John? Yeah, 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 he beat the S&P by five percentage points a year for 30 years. Warren Buffett. Nah, you just got to buy the great corporations of the world. Those with moats around them, and you own them. Huh? Well, what about, about, like, Bitcoin? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, well, what about GameStop and AMC and stuff like that, like DraftKings? You know, we own that. You know, everybody's gambling now. Yeah, I know. They're gambling on their phones with stocks. Not a hard game. But that's amazing, isn't it, really? So we think normal. We think averages. And markets don't do that. Almost ever. They're almost always doing the abnormal. I mean, when you look at the chart, the most astounding thing that jumps out, right, for all the years that the market does more than 20%. More than 20. It's astounding. Markets don't do normal. But we look for that all the time. Wall Street looks at it and they pay these people a ton of money to babble basics basics we don't have to do that don't have to divine the future all right here's the basics dial the phone our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO dave at net. got to take a break we'll be right back
1: ah oh, welcome welcome
0: welcome thanks for joining us Five eight zero five four three six kido is our number Somebody ought to rescue me here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wound up this morning about our talk on basics. I love basics. I just do. I, I, I love refreshing my convictions, if you will, and, 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 and not just convictions, but the basic ways of the greats, you know, that, that, that those, hey, relax and be still. It's all right. Going to be all right. Those things. Those things. You know, we talk about all that, we, people getting all wound up, the the panties in a bunch, right? And it's all, come on, man. Here's what's going to happen. And all those people, and, they, and I love this one here, right? Back to basics again. So Fidelity did this study. I know a lot of you have heard me say this many times over the years. But some of you haven't. But all of us need to hear it again. All of us smarty pants. So who's the best investors in the markets? Men, women, college-educated, college professors, doctorates, older people, younger people. Hmm. Slice in and dice it any way you want. What do they come up with? So they ran the study, and they figured this out. You know what? When it comes right down to it, mm, pretty much within just the tiniest possible fractions, basis points. Every single group is the same. And if I could just add this, they're really bad. I mean, they're bad, it doesn't matter. Doctors, terrible, terrible, terrible. because horrible. Oh, well, finance masters, that must be, no, terrible, terrible, terrible. They're so smart, they outthink themselves all the time. Clever by half, as the Brits say. Fantastic. Throwing work there, yes. Think it through, make mistakes more often. But there is one category they found. It was very interesting. One group of investors that they found was significantly better. There wasn't even close. I mean, there was only one group. One group, one group only. Those were the people that completely forgot they had an account or were dead. I guess it's the same thing. They left it alone. They left their investments alone because they didn't even know they had them. So I think you ought to spend a lot of time thinking about your investments. Make sure you spend time away from things you enjoy so that you can have inferior results. That's smart. That's super smart. And even if you like doing it like I do, we got to really learn to leave it be. Leave it alone. You're not that smart. You will muck it up. That's a fact. The more you trade, the worse you do. The more you watch CNBC, the worse you do. Fact. That's fact. The more you read that newsletter, the worse you do. Absolutely. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. It's hard to do, isn't it? Kind of like that. That little, mm, but that really stings my ego a little bit. Yep, should you're not that good, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it be. We all need that reminder. Leave it alone. Leave. Let it be. Fidelity. All their investors. Nobody. They're all the same, except for one group. One group. left it alone because they didn't know it was there kind of a lot to learn in that and relearn. All right. I ran over on the first, so let's go ahead and take a, take a quick break here for Fox news at the bottom of the hour. It's 580-5436-580-KIDO. Dave at Petsofinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello. Welcome. And thank you for joining us. Uh, if you, if you gathered by my, um, being wound up today, that I was a little enthusiastic. I am a little enthusiastic. I'm not sure exactly why. It's not like the market's on fire or anything here. It's just I again, i kind of just. I, I've been talking about this, wanting to get back to basics, and so I'm digging through all this old stuff and 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 and, and again, back to basics, and just realizing how much all of us th- overthink everything. You know, and then I run into. People that remind me of some of the greatest stories about clients and and lessons that I've learned from clients. Because they're right, it's it isn't. It is not about me. When people find hand things over, it's not because I know the future. It's because they realize I can't carry this anymore. The stress hurts too much, and, and, and it can. The stress of trying to figure out everything in our life, and it, we all deal with this. I do, too. It's, this is a constant reminder to me. I need to be right. I need to be right with, for my clients. No, I don't. I'm not going to be right. The rightness in that is to guide them to peace about the future that we cannot define and divine. We don't know it. That's the peace. That's, that's the guidance. That's what I do. That's what I can do. It's not something that needs to be known. That, for me, is the, is the great release, the great let go. And I have to keep doing it, like, every day as I pour through things. You know, well, what do you think about the market? What do you think about this? I don't know. I don't get to own that. I don't know it. That's important to me too. All right, our number is five eight zero five four three six five eight zero K I D O. Let's go to Terry. Terry, thanks for
2: calling. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Professor. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm grand today. I just wound up all fired. Woke up all fired up today. I guess.
2: Uh, well, I am going to blame it on you. Uh, okay. What are we I, blaming on me? Well, I I don't have an attribution down tight here but i heard that there our local um uh, political clowns are setting up a bill of some kind to require financial literacy training for students in the schools wow Wow! And i don't really? again I, I it was a passing thing and my small mind didn't glom on to where it came from but uh if it was our political clowns or someplace else, but somebody's requiring financial literacy classes before they can graduate. Wow, that would be uh,
0: that's a big shift. I I would love to see that. I, I, you know, as it is, we kick kids out that they can't read, let alone understand anything about what capitalism is and what it's done for the world. Um, that would be incredible. What a, what a change it would make in a generation if that became. The way everybody taught. So you're thing it's just on an Idaho basis or national?
2: I I, I thought it was Idaho, but uh, again I I don't know. Well, if it's not, get on it, will you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There
0: there are there are reasons. I've I've said this before. There are reasons I'd like to run for governor, but I you know I, other than I, I I'm I want to lose my life. Um, there are reasons that you do, and that would be one of them. You know what I mean? It would it just really would. Those are the kind of changes that, that that for me, um, beyond my life would uh, that I feel would make a, a, a difference. And so, I, I think that uh, Terry, I would love to hear that that was true. I hope so. If you if well, anybody I, out there hears this and knows about it, please shoot an email, uh, Dave at petsofinancial.net with that, that attachment. That'd be grand.
2: Well, you use your, your connections at that fancy Hillcrest place and start working on that, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> one other thing, uh, one of the things you haven't been emphasizing enough in all of the, and, and it, you're on fire and it's good and I, I, a good show today, is the word accumulation. Mm-hmm. I I don't hear enough of, hey, everything's down. Buy low, darn it! it you now, if you do a Warren Buffett and keep it forever, or do like gym and hold everything forever, good yeah. on you. But you know, if you have to sell high, sell high. It, it, I, I, the word accumulation doesn't come up often enough.
0: Yeah, well, you know, that's I, I, okay. I will, I will close the loop on it then a little bit um, in the in, in what time we have left today, because that is something I do talk a lot about, and I know you're going to recognize. Okay, so I will
2: close that loop a little
0: bit. I've got a couple other things I'm going to throw out, and we'll see how calls go. But I will close the loop on that.
2: All right, cool. And one, one final quick thing: in when you yeah. deal with Kevin earlier on in the first part of the show, it, it I I heard retreating inflation. Isn't that deflation?
0: Uh, retreating inflation
2: is still inflation. But
0: you're right. I don't know exactly. They, they, and this administration is so I, – I, I don't think they're masters of it. I think they really misread. They really think that people are so stupid that they can say whatever they want and say, don't believe what happens at the store, believe me. Don't believe mm-hmm. your life and your lying eyes, believe me. Uh, yeah. Afghanistan was a genius uh, withdrawal. You know, I mean these are the kinds of things that this administration – just does like it's not that things aren't good, it's that we are have a bad message with it it's It's pretty crazy, and i don't i think people are tired of it but i I may be wrong I just may be wrong i i it, but this stacking of inflation, people are beginning to understand it I, I i never thought inflation would be this hard to understand, but we haven't had it so long. we have a whole new generation that's not felt it
2: right well again come back to to train train bring them up in the way that's train the kids start there
0: exactly exactly i like it terry i hope it's true i hope i get an email soon in my in my basket there saying it's true have a good day thanks for the call all right sir good day good day and our number is 580 -580 kido it's dave at petsofinancial.net now um i i'm going to close the loop right now uh but only only after i talk about one other basic reminder of how wrong we are, like all the time. And this is consumer confidence. So if we're thinking, like John Templeton always called it, buying at the peak of pessimism, buying low, accumulating low, then peak of pessimism, if we want to try to measure it, this was, you know, so this has been around since 1971, and it's called the Consumer Confidence Index. Only since 71. Now, John Templeton was around after that, but he he was around before that, too. So he talked about the peak of pessimism. I can't think of a better measurement than collectively in a consumer-driven economy like the United States, like all of them, frankly. Um, What would be a better economic indicator of what's coming than consumer confidence and how we feel collectively, right? So the peak of pessimism is how we feel. How are we feeling? And consumer confidence is an attempt to measure that. And so as you look at the chart all the way back to 71, this is time after time. Okay? When consumer confidence is highest, okay, I mean, we were feeling so good. We were rocking around, puffing out. our says. you know, I'm going to go into debt about this and this because it is so good. uh, But my future is so bright, I got to wear shades. Okay? It's so great. So great the market doesn't do very well for the next 12 months however when we are at the peak of pessimism and i mean i'm i'm talking about like may of 1980 interest rates 21.5% october 1980 I'm talking about now. I'm talking about Europe, part one, two, three, and four, post-2008. I'm talking about 2008. All those times, the market screams higher. Now, this is a a rearview look, but once again, how wrong we are all the time. We go by our feelings. We don't think we do. I'm not emotional about this. I'm not that little teenage girl. It's all emotion. No, not me. No, I never react to emotions. Yes, we do. All you are is negligent to say you don't. That's all we are, Our emotional creatures. The question is, can we control it? Are we effective at controlling it, to read it, to understand it? Do we have to react to it? I mean, to deny it is absurd. Well, I'm not emotional, but yes, you are. You're emotional about everything. We just don't have to react to it. Consumer confidence is a perfect rear view only measurement. So when we think about that, though, peak of pessimism, own it. Now, let me close the loop real quick, okay? I've talked about this a zillion times. What do you have to know? What are you telling us? I mean, what am I saying here? I'm saying all these things basically come back to this. You don't have to know. Markets work. Buy low, period. End of story. When markets go down, look, all you have to do, I have this conversation all the time. I'm going to call the guy Bob. So, what are you thinking? Bob, I'm thinking the same thing. When Amazon's down 25%, quit worrying about it going down 35 Buy it. When you have all the great corporations in the world that are off 25 30%, you buy. You don't worry about the next 10% down.
1: Well,
0: because here's the thing. If you choose to always be wrong, to always feel the pain of being wrong, nice choice. Because this is the perfect thing to always make you feel wrong because you don't ever get the low price. When you buy today, tomorrow is lower, period. That's the way it is. Today does not mark the low for Amazon, Google, whoever you're buying. You just bought it 25% down, and now it's down 30%. you are an idiot. Sorry. Welcome to investing. So you can own that. Or you could, what you could do is say, I don't want to own that. I, 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 I'm going to wait. Because what I want to do is I want to measure my feelings about how the economy is. And I'm going to, I'm going to listen to more news on CNN about what's going on. Right? And then I can, I can decide when it's time to buy, like, you know, Amazon. Okay. Miss it again. Because you will. You miss the big move for the fear of, the inevitable, which is you're going to buy early when you buy bargains, they're not waiting for Dave to buy before they go higher. And so the easiest thing to do when you're stuck in that world, okay, and lots of people are, because I've got to be right, is here's how you be right. Buy a little, buy half your position, and then every tick down, while you're just watching your stupid decision get worse and worse, you buy a little more. And then finally, somewhere approximating the bottom, you will actually make a buy that makes you the hero of the universe because you picked the bottom or near it, near enough to puff your chest out and walk around, even though you're still a loser if you sold the whole position now. That's how you buy, how you accumulate, and how you become rich beyond your wildest expectations, by doing nothing except putting a couple bucks away and leaving it alone. That's how easy this is. But you got to do it. And you got to leave it alone. This is not hard. It really isn't. We know a lot of hard things in our life because life isn't easy. But accumulating money during the wealthiest time that humans have been on earth is the easiest thing that's ever been. Our number is five eight oh five four three six five eight oh K I D O. It's Dave at Tetsofinancial dot net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Don't forget we've got podcasts available. They're usually out on Mondays, I believe, uh pretty much every week. It's one of the priorities we have on Monday to get out there. And I I you know I can't believe we've had forty thousand downloads uh, of money matters. And, um, it, and it's interesting cause it goes all over the world, meaning army bases or whatever. So that is super cool. I, I just think that's really neat. It obviously doesn't affect our business at all. I'm just glad that people are listening and tuned in and, and hopefully learning something a little bit different take on, um, investing. So, uh, and also for, for, for me, I, I occasionally listen and I, you know, to, cause I got to try to learn and, changes and some of the mistakes i make and that kind of a thing or i might be just trying to listen to tom and jennifer but um it's great it's convenient and we've got it out there if you miss something you want to catch it it's there at, at petso financial it's at the apple store and that's about it i just wanted to mention that real quick before we go to
1: the phone just go to
0: pat pat i believe is in star pat thanks for calling uh
1: hi dave grace hill um I've been listening about, like, the last last 45 minutes, and I think, from what I understand, uh, you say just leave it there. Like, I, my 401K, my wife will open up the computer every month and say, you lost X amount of dollars this month on your 401K. But I think I learned from the 2008 thing when we sold our stocks, and yeah. uh, obviously it took forever to recoup. Um, but that's basically what you're saying is just, just wait it out and it'll come back.
0: Pat, it is. Um, I know it's, it's, it it can be hard to do because especially as we near retirement, the amount of money that markets move around, if we perceive that as an actual loss um, can equate a year or more salary, right? I mean, in a, Perfectly right. normal market correction, you can lose a couple years' worth of earnings pre-tax, okay, and and, 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 and at the same time. that's only if you sell. I mean, did, did right. you really – you know, when we think about things in the long term, okay, I, I always like this analogy. But let's suppose you put money in your 401k over the years, okay, and let's say it just totals, I don't know, 150000 over the years that you put into a 401k of your, uh, of capital that you put away. And then over all of those years, it grew up to a million dollars. And then we have a market correction that again, is absolutely certain to occur over and over again, all the days of our life. Okay. It's going to keep happening, but it drops the value down to 800,000. All human beings on the planet say, I lost 200,000. But the only reality is that you made six hundred fifty thousand because you put one hundred fifty in, and it grew to eight hundred. Right. That's the reality, but that is not how we perceive it, and that's what I, I really am saying is we have to get over that. You're not going to take this money out of your four hundred one k. You're going to leave it alone. So did you really make two hundred thousand last year? Did you really lose two hundred thousand the year before? No, you didn't. That's market fluctuation, and just and especially now if you're not retired. What are you getting if the market is down twenty percent? You're buying twenty percent more with that four hundred bucks a month or whatever you're putting away, right? You're buying four hundred dollars and you're getting twenty percent more. So for the same amount you're getting four hundred and eighty dollars worth for the four hundred that you were a year ago. That's what I call a bargain. And in everything in our life, we don't go to the store and say, Hey, it's twenty percent off, snap. Call me back when, it's a, when you raise the price back up, and then I'll buy. Nobody does that. But with stocks, we right. do. And we tend to run from them. So the, the answer really is, if I'm oversimplifying, but I'm really not. Leave it alone. Leave it okay. alone. And if you can, here's the way to really feel good about that. Increase your contributions, even if it's only 1%. Then you will be okay. doing something. OK, you're going to be saying, OK, well, I can afford that. I could do it. Yes, you can. But it, it is empowering you. You're not doing something. You're not just sitting back and going, OK, well, I'll just hang in there. Uh, <laughs> no, attack it. Buy more when it's down, and you'll really be feeling more in control of something we can't control.
1: OK. I don't know if you have time. I just have one more question.
0: OK, fire away. I will answer quickly. We're okay. go Go for okay. it.
1: Uh, what's your opinion on uh, T-bills? Uh,
0: T-bills are better than holding cash, okay? But I, yeah. I again, people, I, I don't want you to move from your long-term positions to T-bills.
1: No. And second no, of all, a, I don't. W- go ahead. It's just extra money that uh, we're looking to invest in maybe T-bills. Absolutely. Well, money markets now are up to four point seven, four point
0: five. And um, there are US government floating rate notes that are out there for 4.75. Believe it or not, rates are very good. So for cash, go get them, go out there. T bills work too, okay? I like it. All right, All right. Thank you so much, Pat. Have a great rest of the day. You hear the music. Everybody, have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.